Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. It's so easy to kick myself. It's so easy to put myself down. It's so easy for me to see myself less than how God sees me. It's so easy to look at everyone. Is it like that for you? I can see my weakness. I can see this. But I don't see what God sees. And when he looks at me, he sees Christ. He sees who he put inside of me. Oh, it's glorious. God God justifies the ungodly. Can Can we just pray into this for a minute? Would you... You know, a prayer of agreement is you going yes with me. So I'm going to pray something over us that we would get, come to a bigger understanding of this. Just in our lives today, and if you can agree with that, listen, God will take, a, take us up on the most feeble yes. The most weak, I don't even know if I completely agree with Lloyd, but okay, yes. If you can just get a little place in that yes in your heart, here's what I know. God will take nine yards. You give him that little inch, he'll go the rest of the way. So God, here we are with our hearts. Lord, I'm glad through 1 John that you told us, even when our hearts condemn us, you're greater than our hearts. Even when all we can see is failure and distortions, (laughs) immaturity, messes, decisions, pain you see something greater Lord I pray for a revelation to come to our hearts I'm praying for the miracle of what you do that you send a gift I'm asking that the gift of the faith of God would come into our hearts that we would begin to see you who for you who you really are and that we begin to see ourselves for who we really are Lord, I kick aside to the curb all that old stuff, all the old measuring sticks I used. Lord, somehow through the weeks, we can just start putting them back, back in our bag of tricks. Lord, I throw out the measuring sticks. I say, you are my completion. I am complete and whole in you. You lead me in truth. You guide me in knowledge. You are for me this day. You're not against me. You're not resisting me. You're not upset with me. You're not disappointed, discouraged. And you're certainly not far from me. Your cross broke down every wall and you were close. You're right here. And I stand this day, here's where the agreement comes, I stand this day justified in your sight. By what you did, not what I can do. I don't have to prove anymore anything about my life to you. You have proved your life to me. And I received that this morning. In Jesus' name, and those that were in agreement said, that wasn't loud enough. Thank you.
Thank you, worship team. Stop it, stop it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I know your dream came to, your dream has been answered, your prayer has been answered. I'm here finally. Well, good morning, New Day. Um, If you're here for the first time or if you're fairly new, we welcome you. We want to get to know you. We want you to get to know us. We want you to still love us, and we promise we'll still love you. Um, (laughs) This is who we are. This is what we do here. We love each other. and So welcome if if you're new or if you're here for fairly new. Um, Bulletin, really, it's all there is, is a men's meeting will be next, uh, held next Saturday on May 13th at 9, 9 a.m. in two weeks. Thank you. In two weeks. It will be at Lois' office. There will be a sign which will direct you when you get here. And, of course, today we're celebrating our youth uh, graduation. Congratulations to you guys. Just because you graduated doesn't mean you guys can leave. I'm going to haunt you. Yeah, you. Noel? Thank you, sir. Last year was really hard. I had two graduates, uh, but they were my very first group of graduates that have been with me since the beginning. They started in seventh grade, and so I sat up here and I cried as I (laughs) let them go. But this year is even harder because I have nine graduates. And, yeah, so um, I'm going to, not all of them are here this morning, but I have yearbooks uh, that I make for them. I'm going to have them come up here, and then I would love if the body would bless them as they go into college and they go into trade school and they do the thing that God has put on their hearts to do. This is their home. It will always be home. But they're going to go out from here. (laughs) And I am going to cry just a little bit. So as I call your name, would you guys come up here? Evan. Evan and his twin brother, Alex. Go ahead and come on up, Alex. Joined us. The first time I really remember seeing them was our Doctor Who party. It was a while ago. They looked a little different. And they were dressed as the doctor. But they had, they came many times for events, and then we just couldn't get rid of them. And we don't want to either. So Evan and Alex Roberts. Joanna. Joanna has been with me from the beginning. (laughs) can't get rid of her either. She has done plays with me. She's done stage, backstage stuff with me. And she was on the 180 team, which if you don't know, the 180 team was our youth servant team. And she's been in it since the beginning. All of your children know her. And Levi. Levi. Where is Levi? Dude, get up here with your hair. My... First memory, one of my first memories with Levi, he had um, a helmet for a head. His hair was a little bit mini fro, and um, I used to say it was the thing that protected his head because he would jump over everything, and he was jumping off buildings and all kinds of things, and I was just so thankful that he had all that hair 
to protect his head. Um, but Levi's been with me for a really long time as well, and uh, through all of our crazy steampunk and Doctor Who and all of our phases, uh, Levi has been there through all of them. I have four more who aren't here, um, but these are... <laughs> Faith is here? Faith, get over here. Oh, my gosh. Mike, will you find Faith's yearbook? I did not see Faith come in. Faith is like Joanna... She has been with me from, I think, fourth grade. Was it fourth? Oh, jeez. Did you find it, baby? Um, these kids are stellar. Just absolutely stellar. Isaac, why don't I have yours in my hand? Isaac, get up here. I'm so sorry. I had all of them. I don't know why yours wasn't with it. Isaac joined us. Gosh, was it, has it been two years now? Yeah. Isaac is everything the rest of my youth group wasn't. <laughs> I'm serious, and I loved it. I was like, hey, how about a steampunk party? And he's like, huh, what? I don't even know what that is. Um, how about, you know, what about Doctor Who? And he's like, nope. So Isaac was wonderful because he added an element to our youth group that, I mean, the rest of us were nerds, and he was not. And the rest of us would dress up and do Comic-Con, and he was like, I don't know what you people are doing. You're weird. Don't forget RenFest. Oh, RenFest? Oh, my gosh. And, you know, these things that I could never get Isaac to do with us was fantastic because he made us go in a different direction. And, man, these kids, please come up and pray with them. We're going to release them, not to go away completely, because this will always be their home. But would you please come up and let us pray? Lloyd, as soon as I start crying, I'm going to hand you the mic, which might be right now. Lord, thank you for the job that you have given to me. For these amazing kids that I've gotten to be with. Lord, I am so excited for this next phase in their life. The adventures they're all going to go on. The dreams that you have put in their heart. Their successes and even the things that are going to try them. I thank you for every single one of them now. For the character that you are building in them. For the grace you have put in their hearts to speak the truth to others. Father, as we release them as a body, I ask for great things. I ask that you would prepare the way before them, that every step that they would take would be in you. Lord, we ask for open doors even to begin to happen at this transition of life, that you would shock them and surprise them with the things that are ahead. Lord, that you delight in them right now, right where they're at, and that there's nothing to fear about the future. You hold the future. There is not one thing for any one of them to fear. You hold their future. And we as a church body, we just declare that we love them. We honor them. 
for their accomplishment and getting through this stage of life. Lord, you know the difficulty of the day and age we live, and you got them through it. So we acknowledge you and say, you did it. And I ask that an excitement would begin to happen in their hearts. And that even from this day, because we laid hands on them, agreed as a church, that door after door after door after door would open. I asked for money to come in for the, for the days ahead, for the families and, and what the next step is. I asked for jobs to open up, for those who want full-time jobs. We just pray right now that you have a job this week waiting for them, even at this time of transition. And finally, now as a church body, Lord, we put your blessing on them. We put your name on them by giving them their ironic blessing may the lord bless you and keep you lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit and the church body said now it's not all sad because i have some josiah stay up here I have some littles coming up. Autumn and Alyssa, come up here. Thank you. Riley, are you in sixth right now? Get up here. You can go. You may go. You guys may go. Oh, no, Josiah, you stay. No, no, stand up. Come on. Come on. I know. I know how you love the audience. Are there any other sixth graders in here that I'm missing? Get over here, Kylan. Oh, yes, Nevaeh. Don't you shake your head like you're shy. You guys all, Nevaeh Kennedy. Get up here. She's shy. I, this is it, in the next generation. They're all going to be coming up into middle school. And so I am going to, each of you have to give me your phone numbers. So you are on our event list and you guys are now going to be meeting up in the youth room on Sundays so this is it this is our next generation and seven years from now (laughs) I'll be crying over these guys so yep so all right you guys may go ahead and sit down how's everybody doing that's fun um so my whole life has uh, actually been about youth ministry. And uh, I went into vocational ministry, first bivocational, uh, because I had a deep hunger to, uh, to put into to teenagers' lives the things that I didn't find. And uh, myself as a teen, I didn't, I didn't have very many... Uh, no, I had maybe one semi-healthy adult that spoke into my life, and uh, he was so racked with sin, uh, and, I'm, and I'm still thankful for what he put in my life, that it went on, and uh, the, one, the one woman friend of the family who would kind of speak into my life, uh, she, she committed suicide when I was 16, and so it's just like, ugh. So that stuff stayed with me through the years, you know, and I, I didn't uh, 
really get saved until I was uh, almost 23 years old. And so all those years were, uh, I didn't need any lectures. I need somebody to listen to me and somebody that would just speak into areas of my life that, that kind of knew me. And that's really what youth ministry is all about. So I just want to say to you guys, I'm so proud of you that you made this stage. And, you know, and I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still bivocational again now, and I still work with kids. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, I don't know why they always want to listen to a 66-year-old guy, but they still like to. They like to sit down and talk, you know, and I think most older people don't understand that they're just waiting for you to knock on the door. And uh, I say stupid stuff to them all the time. They put up with it, you know, oh, yeah, how's school going? You know, they don't care about school. I don't just, you know, fine. How are your grades? Okay. You know, it's, it's, it's like that, but it's just a door. Just saying hello, just one little thing to say hello opens a door of grace to say other things. That's really, it's, it's just, it's just being there. And uh, nobody cares what you know until they know that you care. Amen. So, it's, it's really about it with it. So, anyway. Hey, let me pray a prayer blessing over our finances. And just uh, for us as a, as a people. And uh, really, uh, I, I'm really stunned by the providence of God and the goodness of God. And that um, most people, even believers, are wigged out about money. And that God's not ever wigged out about money. It's really not a, like, he doesn't have any lack in him. And he really wants to bless his people. And we've somehow got it in our heads that it's wrong to ask for that blessing. But not here. I believe in it here. And I believe he really cares. And he cares over things from checking accounts to investments to that credit card debt to all of it. So um, let's pray one more time together. Jesus, we trust you with finances. We trust you that you are going to work things together for our good, that you have an intent, and that your desire is to bless us. Lord, we look back, we look into, in, into the Old Testament, and we think of Jabez, and Lord, he, he had a courageous prayer. He, he stood up and he called out to you. And he said, oh God, that you would bless me. That you would bless me indeed. So Lord, I just take our financial situations before you right now. As a whole church body. And I would say that over us this morning. Bless us. Bless our finances. Bless where our money is at and bless what you want to do with our money. Bless us indeed. And I ask that you would do just what you did for Jabez, that you would expand his territory, you would expand our territory, and that we would receive blessings over and over. And Lord, I ask that for a special thing. This week, would you bring some surprises just to various people in the church body? Just these little, we'll call them kisses. We need some kisses throughout this body, God. So bring us a financial kiss this week. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Saturday, guys, hang out with me. I want to read this passage of scripture this morning. I want to talk to you about grace and knowledge. So we've been doing this whole series on grace and practice. And uh, the past two to three months have been uh, really a, a strange journey for me because I've been looking at this issue of just, you know, just what happens in life and how the practice of grace really... Uh, it's far from most of the American church. We, we don't embrace like understanding, really understanding what it means to live in grace and what God has afforded it. I'm so thankful for this church body. Um, I, I've been, because of the strangeness of the past three months, like... Uh, it's one, one thing that it's wonderful and it's awful. I've been to six different memorial services in 12 weeks. So uh, in, including, uh, I think it was one that I, that I helped officiate. And then I've been around other meetings where I'm hearing, uh, if you can receive this, non-grace forms of Christianity being preached. It's wrinkled me. It's just like, oh. And then I find criticism rising up in my heart. And, you know, at a couple of them that Brenda was with me, you know, every time she heard something she didn't agree with, she pokes me in the ribs. <clears throat> Miss Doctrine, you know, 2017. <clears throat> no, it wasn't quite like that. I'm giving her a hard time. And it was fun, and I was thinking it anyway, so it wasn't like it was... And, but that's not really in God's heart either. You know, this is the amazing thing about grace, that even when people don't agree with it, we give them grace. Because grace is freely given. And uh, it's really freely received by a revelation. Paul had the clearest understanding of the revelation of grace. But he wasn't the only one. All of the apostles had it. If we are believers, we are meant to live in the grace of God. So I want to read this passage of scripture to you. Why don't you say it together aloud with me? It's this, 2 Peter. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory both now and forever. Amen. I used to believe, I don't know how you believe, that this mostly had to do with Bible study, this issue of knowledge, that uh, if I was going to grow in knowledge, I had to study a whole lot and really apply myself. And I'm not kicking that this morning, so don't, don't hear me say that you shouldn't do that. There's wonderful things uh, that happen with that. And certainly the study of the Word of God is both important and it is necessary. You, you, you grow when you, when you read and study but I believe today it is so much more than that in my life. It's through knowledge, and um, the word knowledge here is really knowing, and, and to know and be known. Uh, that's why I love that one song that we did, He Knows Me. You know, it's, uh, it's right there. When grace and knowledge are harnessed together, I love what Peter did here. Um, we become aware. 
Something happens in us. So um, this is just a little tidbit. When you read a passage of scripture like this, um, I learned this from Andrew Farley. He said, if you're really not getting something, pray and read it real slow. So that's what I've been just doing with this passage of scripture and going, Lord, I want, I want to understand that it's with grace that knowledge gets harnessed. That your grace, your favor, so your unmerited favor, when that's combined with something that I can know about God, guess what happens? I grow. I grow inside and I grow in my levels of maturity and understanding without that great worry, you know, whenever I used to, you know, if all you do is study, you're just going to get puffed up in knowledge. You know, all, the, all those old statements that used to happen. And I don't believe that stuff anymore. The reason I believe it's so deeply important in our lives to grow in grace and knowledge, like if, it, you know, so we've been preaching primarily on grace here for about six years. I mean, God has just upended my life. I'm not tired of it. You're going to get fed a steady diet of it here. Because I believe that there is something that is occurring that God is moving on the earth. And uh, I'll even be so bold as to say, he wants to do another reformation. The first reformation that came through Martin Luther had to do with that thing we talked about earlier, justification by faith. You know what? We need a second reformation. Only it's over the same thing. It's stunningly over the same thing. And so when I, when I look at this passage of scripture, one of the things I've been praying is, God, give me your favor to see this in a fresh way. Just saying a little prayer. And then the knowledge of it changes. I get excited. And it does something else. Here, here's what happened. It made me run to other pastors, teachers in the body of Christ. And so I've been reading a lot of Graham Cook stuff. How many of you? Yeah, you guys are well, me too. Graham Cook said this, that this knowledge is really designed to get us to see what God's nature is like. So another author that I follow a lot, a guy, a guy named John Lynch, you know, the subtitle of a book that they wrote, it's called The Cure, and nobody ever reads the subtitle very much, but the subtitle is this, maybe God isn't who you think he is, and maybe you aren't either. See, when my knowledge of who God really is begins to increase, guess what else increases? My knowledge of me. Because we spend way too much time immersing ourselves in a whole bunch of stuff about ourselves that are not true. Things that we say. Uh, and it's not so much, sometimes you hear it when, you, when you're talking with somebody else. And, you know, but I, and even I can do this. I don't... And I have a, I think it's maybe a learned 
somewhat idiosyncratic pattern in my life, but I'll do little self-aggrandizing statements uh, that try to get, you know, I'm using it to maybe let people connect with me or that they don't think I'm haughty. There's all kinds, I'm really letting the mass down here this morning. I have all kinds of little things, you know, um, that I do, but really what they are is they're subtle lies from the enemy. Because I will tell you what's really true about me. I'm glorious. I was made for incredible things. God is at work in my life and believes in me more than I believe in myself. And God has a declaration within him that is to resound through me. And I'm not less than. I'm just as much as anybody else or more. And the more gets ridiculous because then you start comparing. But then I fall back in the trap of self-aggrandizement. You know, little statements. Uh, They're unnecessary in our lives. God wants you, as you grow in the knowledge of him, to see him for who he is in his nature so that you can see who he wants you to be in his nature. The same nature, the same spirit. So here's what Romans 6 says. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells where? You and I? What happens if we really start believing that? What kind of people on the earth are we? The one that looks in the mirror and goes, boy, you need a lot of work today. Get out the paint. Or the one that looks in the mirror and says, glorious, incredible, incredible what you did, God. This is incredible. I'm going to shine and look like you all day today. And really believe it in our hearts. And it's a game changer. That's what he wants to increase. To grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When, that, when you pray that one prayer, he starts doing things. I love this, what Graham Cook says. He is the most consistent person you will ever deal with. He will never change in his stance towards you. The paradox of God is that he is consistent and unpredictable. He is consistent in his nature. He doesn't change. You can always know where you're at with him. It's settled. You're saved. By the way, if you're saved, that means your sins are gone. Got one. uh. Because see, that's a real measurement, that whole thing that I was telling you about. I am no longer a sinner saved by grace. I am a saint kept by grace. Past, present, future, gone. Delivered through the cross of my glorious Savior, Jesus. And that doesn't give me, well, that'll give you an excuse. You'll just start doing whatever you want. Well, whatever I want is to live in God. He changed the whatever I want when I got the revelation of it. I went, yeah, I, I, okay, you can say that all you want, but I don't want to. So I, I, want, I want to be who God made me to be. And by golly, he'll do it. 
and I'll do it. Because ultimately, who's responsible? A lot of debate about this, over this. If you're going to grow in knowledge, it's your responsibility to this. You have to be very careful over a, over a, a fatal error that's called Pelagianism or semi-Pelagianism today, which is very much alive in the church. That's a big term that means this. It comes out in little phrases like, if you do your part, God will do his. Did you ever hear that? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much demonic. Yeah, God helps those who help themselves. Yeah, straight out of the book of illusions. <laughs> That's just not true. In him we live and move and have our being. All that we have is from God, through God, to God. Our lives are one, made one with him. And God wants to reveal himself to you and to me all the time. It's his desire. He wants us to know him, and he wants us to know that he knows us. We call that word fellowship, and then we teach, well, if you do this, then fellowship's going to be broken. No, it's not. It does not say that. So, let's look at where the phrase comes. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. So, you better be careful that you're walking in the light. Do you know what this is referring to? Your salvation. It's not a conditional if. It's this wonderful invitation. Don't you know you're in the light? I I, I was translated, it says this. You and I were translated, that meant completely removed, out of the kingdom of darkness into the son of his love. Amazing. Am Am I walking in the light? I am in the light. The light's in me. Shine, baby. Shine. Shine with his glory and his knowledge. He wants to tell you stuff. My sheep hear my voice. Are you his sheep? I don't ever hear his voice. Don't agree with that lie. Take the knowledge of this scripture and it says, okay, Jesus, you said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Oh, oh I go. Have you ever done this? You know, okay, where's all the younger ones? Like, you you tried to do stupid stuff to get away from God because you were mad at things on the earth and the way they happened. Anybody? Yeah, anybody else doing okay? Did it work? Nope. Because the anchor is not your dependence. The anchor is Christ who makes you dependent. Do you hear that? He won't let go. You can be stupid. You can do a whole lot of stupid things, but he won't let go. 
you just become more and more miserable. Well, be sure it'll uncover and find it out. Well, I hope so. Because listen, real judgment is you being left alone. Real mercy is he doesn't do it that way. He doesn't leave you alone. Ever. On your worst day. On your worst day. He's there. He will not leave you alone. We think we're so clever. I'm going to hide this from God. (laughs) No, you're not. He knows all things. He's God. He sees everything. He hears everything. The word's clear. So we think we're doing something in hiding, like little kids out behind the barn, you know? Remember the first time you smoked a little? We've got little kids in here, you know, and you were doing this really bad. You Remember the first time you said a naughty word and you tried it and all that? He knows. He knows. He says, oh, let me tell you something about me. There's so much more to life than that. Come in here with me. Come here, let's walk together. Let me show you who you really are, kid. This is a game changer. He's responsible. He's the spirit of truth, right? So here's this passage from John 16. He says, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. If I study long enough, I'll learn the truth. What? It says here the Holy Spirit will do what? Guide you in all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So this is the next thing I really, really know. The spirit and the truth always work in harmony in my life. Whenever, you know, well, you're saying stuff that's like way out there, like we're glorified and stuff. I, I know me, I'm glorified. But the spirit and truth work together. And when you start confessing things like Romans 4, when you start really, uh, I don't know how you guys are, but I'm like, I'm back into Romans again. I don't think I'm going to leave it for many years. But just reading Romans 4 through 8, and you realize something that I tried so hard to get sanctified. Do you know there is such a thing as sanctification growing? Do you know whose job it is? Holy Spirit. (laughs) You can't sanctify yourself. You're not God. But the God that is in you will sanctify you. Now, all that really means is set apart, made for something peculiar and holy. His. I said, oh. So he, he's a justifier, he's a sanctifier, and he's a glorifier. What would happen if we just lived like glorified people? In the knowledge of God. What if you started saying to yourself all week this week, God's with me, God's for me, and got nothing to worry about? Just those three little phrases. God's with me, God's for me, have nothing to worry about. What if we made that our confession in the morning? 
And he wants to do it. He wants to lead us by truth and by his spirit. He won't turn away from it. God has a big invitation. Normally I used to only hear this scripture when you had a really, you know, one of those really meaningful services. And then it was, you know, it was the emotional appeal. I think there's something more here. I think there's something beyond human emotion here. Something that Jesus deeply, deeply understood. And it's this. You will only ever be truly you, truly happy, truly justified, truly understanding your sanctification. The only place you can be happy with that is when you come to him. It's the meaning of life. Let's listen to this again. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It means you don't have to work for it. <sighs> it's been done for me. Don't you like it when somebody else mows your yard? It's done for me. Take my yoke upon you. And learn, now remember, we're talking about the knowledge of God. And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. God has an invitation for us on a minute-by-minute basis. Come on, buddy, hang out with me. Come on, sis, let's walk together today. Oh, don't think about that. Think about me. Think about you. You start singing old love songs. At least I do. I won't do them for you this morning. And this is what I know happens. Benefits. Real benefits. Not the distorted ones that the world talks about. Real benefits in God. Look at this, 2 Peter 1, 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you, not added to you, multiplied in you. This is God's divine equation. In the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. He doesn't look down at you and say, when are you going to get this right, kid? He's going, oh, my virtuous daughter. How delighted I am with you. You're the best mom. You're the best wife. You work so hard. I'm so for you. You're just that virtuous woman in Proverbs. That's how he speaks to us. which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. That means the same nature that's in Jesus you get to partake of. Make yours taste and see that God is good. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. This goes way beyond human appetite. 
Here's what's really strange. You start praying for grace and knowledge and then read the word and say, God, show me your grace in this passage. There, there's a hunger that begins to stir in the soul. And there, there's something that happens in which the stuff, it's, it's that old song, the stuff of earth grows strangely dim. It just doesn't have the same attraction. I, live, I begin to live securely. I grow up. I increase. God wants us ever increase. I have grace, peace, joy. I have authority, discernment. I have a life rich in God's purposes because I'm the purpose of God. I spent, I spent 40 years telling people how to find the will of God when they were. You want to see the will of God on the earth? Do you? Look. 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 Jeez, I thought I was better than that. See, a little self-aggrandizing say, I got news for you. It doesn't get any better than this. He is glorious in me. He is lovely in me. He is delightful in me. I have words of life to share with people. I don't have to be mad when that clerk throws the money at me. He say, thank you. You having a rough day? Man, can I pray for you today? Oh, it's just goofy Christianity. Oh, no, it's not. It's Jesus at work through me, in me. He likes me. So this is what I want you to know. This is what I want you to take away today. God wants to reveal himself to you. Did you say that with me? God wants to reveal himself to me. I want you to point at yourself. To me. Say it with me again. God wants to reveal himself to me. Amazing. It's a truth. Stands for I'm invited by him to grow in my knowledge of him. You're not going, oh, boy, I don't know if that kid can get it. He's like Forrest Gump, you know. You know, the guy's a sandwich shy of a picnic. He's not thinking that at all. At all. We do that to us. I spent a lifetime of a young adulthood saying those kind of lies to myself. I didn't believe it. <laughs> Listen, the kid who struggled through high school, I graduated with the highest honors from college. The kid who thought he had destroyed and fried his brain with drugs, was scared to have kids because they might come out with seven eyes and three arms. I have the most beautiful, incredible children. All those lies that we believe. None of them are true. I'm invited by God to live in God and to be his delight on the earth right now, sanctified. I receive the benefits through the knowledge of him in this life. It doesn't grow dimmer. It grows brighter. 
Think of what the Psalms say to us. I want you to get this in your life when you leave here today. The path of the righteous, he declared you righteous, grows brighter. Even as the noonday sun. That's, there's your life. And he goes, come on, let's live it. And be excited about what he's done. You're going to have a baby. That's so exciting. You're going to bring another child into the earth. Well, I'm really scared about what's going to happen in the future. Stop that. God has a glorious future ahead for us. Yes, but it's getting worse and worse. Path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter. I believe in a God who still has some incredible things to do on the earth, regardless of that crazy little guy in North Korea. He doesn't rule the earth. The earth is the Lord's. Don't live in anxiety and fear. Live in who you are, God. Just stay with me.